The Appalachian Mountains have a storied history woven together by decades of people who've often and proudly lived on the fringes. Here, we're all a little unconventional in our own right. Fringe Appalachia exists to demystify the other, whether they be in our midst or outside of our comfort zones. From the old-timers still living off the grid to the snake handlers, halfbacks, and dreaded Southern Democrats, you're all welcome here on the fringes. I, I'm Pat Tompkins, and I live on Fork Mountain, which is uh, at 3,700 feet north of Bakersville, and I have a little homestead up there, three acres surrounded by forest, up to 5,000 feet. I've been there for 33 years. It's an amazing place. It's, uh, it's actually um, not my land anymore. It's, it's uh, part of Southern Appalachian Highlands Conservancy. And I came here with my two sons from Vermont and uh, just to work for the summer at camp, a camp in Silo and ended up um, getting together with someone that I'd known up in Vermont and we bought this land. And um, I've been there 20 some years on my own. Oh, everybody, wow. everybody else kind of moved off, you know? Yeah. Went on their own way. So tell us, how did you end up here from Vermont? Well, I came from Vermont after reading, I read this book by Robert Cole, um, who wrote books about children in crisis. You know, he had a whole series. He had one on Native American kids, probably uh, Latino kids, immigrant kids, blacks and um and Appalachian children and I read it and I just completely felt these are my people yeah that's I want to I want to I want to get down there and and connect with them and live live the life that that I read about the only thing was (laughs) these things were happening what in the 30s maybe Mm -hmm. 40s and you know, I thought more people lived like I do uh, now, and I did then in Vermont. Um, I have a composting toilet. That's so cool. I haul water from a pure uh, spring-fed creek. Cool. Um, I do have a five lights that are connected to two solar panels and and a, um, a DC freezer mm. for my berries and apple cider, mixed yeah. cider. Without electricity, without indoor plumbing, cooking with wood, as a conscientious decision for me, really, because I grew up in suburbs in big cities in New England, mm. and I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I just felt so. Boy, is this my family? I mean, am I adopted? Uh, <laughs> it just did not fit in. Um, to the lifestyle or the emphasis on that life. And um, I guess I wanted to grow up to be an Indian, is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I kind of partly partly had my wish because I, I married a, a Native American man um, 
and had two children with him who are half Mi'kmaq Maliseet, which are tribes up in Maine. Oh, cool. In Nova Scotia mm-hmm. and New Brunswick. But um, so I came, came down here and I could connect with, with the lifestyle. And, and my neighbors, yes, we talk about it all the time. We talk about the way things were up there on that farm. You know, the people that lived in that log cabin, the little sawmill that was there and the wormy chestnuts and all those things. They don't talk about the amazing character of um, of making do and resilience. You know, having to live with less because that's what we have and, um, and how wonderful the life is you know because you have your family and you're 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 butchering a hog or you're making you're making a garden and you're making corn cornmeal or a sorghum or um hominy things like that i love hominy i do too <laughs> <laughs> um and so i thought more people still were doing those things and you know and bakersville has had about three grist mills Mm-hmm. And my neighbor told me about walking across the mountain with fifty pound bag of corn to have it milled at Master's Mill mm-hmm. in Loafer's Glory, and um, and then coming back with the meal, you know, over the mountain. And I just said, "Oh my gosh, I love that." Still do have that one mill, Dellinger's Mill mm-hmm. in Bakersville, but that's the only one. And and when I first moved here, there were. Um, Many little stores, you know, along the roads, mm-hmm. country country roads, and uh, people would go to school within that community, get their, grow their produce, grow their crops, take it down there to trade maybe, get what they needed, and they were very self-sufficient, mm-hmm. you know, community, cooperatively um, connected. And I just, um, I remember seeing that begin to fade as schools were consolidated and um, and the stores all went to Walmart, you know, all the people. And we tried to, we tried to keep that from happening, but, you know, so there's a lot of, uh, sadness in what in what I've noticed in these 33 years mm-hmm. and and talking to my neighbors about um, how they they used to work together more you know sit around on their porches and and talk and play music and mm-hmm. and uh, shell beans and peas and stuff like that so uh, um it's, uh, I, I'm kind of grieving the loss of mm-hmm. that life. I know I make it a point to string beans with my girls on the porch because that was my favorite thing to do with my granny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, right. that is a memory that yeah. I love. Um, and so I want them to have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just something so wonderful about the fact that, you know, they go get their eggs and they sell their eggs and we cook the eggs that they get to see the whole cycle of how it works even on a small scale um so I'm I'm optimistic about 
my generation of people where a lot of these things are coming back is kind of like trendy to homestead is trendy to have your own animals is trendy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care if it's trendy or not. I think it's great. Like I'm happy to see that there's mm-hmm. a somewhat renewed interest um, in younger folks in, in doing things the way that um, like my grandparents did. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. We're sitting in my kitchen right now. <laughs> I have lots of lights and an electric stove um, that we made tea on. So when good. you're with other people and in other homes, like what do you find would be the biggest disconnect between how you do things on a daily basis and how I might do them? Even just we literally live probably like oh. 10 miles apart. Um, but obviously worlds apart and how we may do some tasks. Well, you know, it takes me a lot longer to, to just, um, get everything that I need, the the water, for Mm -hmm. instance, you know, um, the, the wood for my stove for heat, for heating my house and cooking because I have a a cook stove and and a heating stove. So I'm very, it's direct responsibility. I am very aware and I, and I, and it, because I'm not having to work out, I, you know, my income comes from my farm. I'm not in my car a lot. I'm there probably most of the time, except for a couple of days a week Mm -hmm. when I come in town to get, to do my laundry, uh, which I used to do up there, but it just took a little bit too much time. Um, so it's a slower pace, um, but I feel really good about it because, you know, as your daughters know about compost, mm-hmm. you don't, it, that's, that's not a um, burden to the landfill. Mm-hmm. It goes directly uh, back into, recycled back into the, your garden. And, um, and the same thing with um, my composting toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this... Uh, humanure is the catch word for uh, mm-hmm. what we what we have, and um, it's just a simple way of recycling um, human waste and allowing it to sit for a year. And it's incredible the the finished product. I mean, it looks yeah. like black gold, really. It's yeah. And it doesn't smell, and it. And I put it, I could probably put it on my garden, but I put it on my fruit trees, mm-hmm. around my fruit trees. Yeah. Um, so there's l- not much waste. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the time about how what I do is going to affect the, the things I care about, like the land, the water. The mm-hmm. um, I, um, you know, I just want to have things in balance as much as possible mm-hmm. and to care for for that land for generations to come and yeah. um and I feel really good about that yeah being conscientious is such a discipline I feel like especially in our society now because everything is so quick and moves so quickly and mm-hmm. um I find myself we we try our best to be conscientious like you know, composting our food waste and we don't throw away food ever. That's why we have a pig and bunnies. And (laughs) so nothing ever, no food ever gets thrown away. But then at the same time, because I live in like fast paced 
working mom, I find myself placing lots of Amazon orders and I find myself justifying it like, oh, but I don't have time and I have to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have lots of respect for Mm -hmm. being able to stay the course with conscientious Mm -hmm. decisions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know doing a little is, is a lot better than doing nothing, but I'm also just awed by people who are like, nope, I'm going to go all in. I'm going (laughs) to, I believe in this so much that I am going to, um, forego convenience for Mm -hmm. my conviction. So I think that's super cool. Yeah. Well, the difference is, um, the difference is that, you know, the people that I thought were still living that way, um, the schools were nearby or they took, you know, or school was the farm, you know, mm-hmm. and there was, there were extended family, you know, so it wasn't a, one family. It was a bunch of people yeah. doing the work and, um, and then neighbors helping mm-hmm. and, um, and they weren't leaving the farm very much. So that's the, that's the difference. And, and so I just question how important it's hard for me because my uh, my family, you know, who my sons who grew up on that farm do not want to have anything to do with that kind of life except to come up and camp and fish and mm-hmm. and um, you know, but they live in major cities and they uh, they're they're in this I call it kind of a treadmill of. Um, mm-hmm. uh, have to have to work harder, make more money to pay the bills, to get more things that uh, in some ways are not that good for the family. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the stuff that comes on the, um, the smartphone mm-hmm. and th- how children are so addicted to them mm-hmm. and, um, and Facebook and all that stuff. So I, I see the, I see the, worth and in a lot of the uh things that we can access but um i see a lot of the harmful Mm -hmm. and that people have a hard time even young people have a hard time talking to in face to face Mm -hmm. yep slowly yeah um and really being present to someone Mm -hmm. because everything is instant and it's quick and it's um Very distracting. Do you consider yourself to be Appalachian? Would you identify as such? You know, it's strange because I'm not really, I'm not really a part of, even though I've been here 33 years, not not born here, raised here, don't talk like most people, but I love, I love the accent. (laughs) I love the mountain (laughs) ways of speaking. I just love it. And, um, but that's not me, you know, I'm who I am and all the influences that I had, but my heart and my, um, my intention of living is, it seems like it's right there with those people in the past more than in the present, because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people have, they bemoan the fact, you know, and nostalgic for the things that that are lost, but they don't see that there's any going back. Mm-hmm. And unfor- and I do see that there's going back. I see that that's what's going to save us, that um, 
you know, Mitchell County had, I forget what percentage of farmers, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 30s, yeah. probably 80%, I don't know. When I came here, there was lots more farms, big mm-hmm. farms, you know. And then the developers came in and people sold out and or had to because of the taxes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a cell, there was a cooperative reliant way of life that was beautiful and is beautiful. And I think it's essential that we get back to that. Mm-hmm. And it's not without, it's, it's within reach. You know, if people believe it's possible and it is because we know how to do it, you know, it's not like we're, city slickers moving in from other places that want to cut down the trees and not have gardens and anything that's going to be creating a life, a livelihood and, um, and be dependent on stores that, uh, that in the future, I think are going to be having some supply chains that are Mm -hmm. uh, very difficult. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and the fact that people are turning to big businesses to to save their economy, uh, I think it's completely the wrong way to go. I mm-hmm. think that we need to get back to um, small uh, processing mm-hmm. with what we the resources that we have here. We, you know, upon. Uh, Fork Mountain last year um, my neighbor she married somebody from from Virginia actually but they moved back and um, and decided that they were going to open up their big lawn to a a community garden and so um, when I found out about that I was I was just right in there wanting to to be a part of it Mm -hmm. and um, and the other she had a hard time finding other people that wanted to be involved because either they weren't interested in doing the work or they already had a garden, but I don't think it was so much the latter. I think it was, uh, didn't want to be bothered. Um, but there was one family that lived, um, down below me that, uh, a single father and his daughter who he wanted to pass along some of the things that he learned growing up, you know, and uh, all the knowledge he had, and uh, to her who is, uh, I think she was in seventh or sixth grade. So that was just wonderful, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be with them and sharing stories um, and having meals together and um, learning so much. And, and that I felt like I was really part of, I really felt, like I was part of their world, you know, yeah. and um, the same thing with my neighbors, you know, I think they, you know, we've helped each other lots of ways, and I know that even though I don't see them very much because we're all in our own um, busy lives, but um, they, they're right there if I need, if I need help, and same, same with, with me for them. So those kind of things are really wonderful. And, um, yeah, just trying to understand why people think the way they do in certain things that seem confusing to me, you know. Um, you know, uh, this neighbor who uh, came to, to our community garden had, had 
probably about three uh, Confederate flags flying and on his on his uh, shed, and to be able to talk about that, you know, to be able to say, what does that mean to you, and why, you know, what's that all about? And it was mainly about something totally different than what people assume it mm-hmm. might be about. Yeah. So things like that were were really um, encouraging to me to know that we can talk about subjects and understand better mm-hmm. um, why we think the way we do and act the way we do. It's definitely, um, I feel like in my generation, a lot of the stereotypes about Appalachia center around like political, everything is political at this point, I feel like, but I feel like a lot of stereotypes about where I'm from center around like political um, opinions, like, oh, they're backwards, oh, they're Mm. hateful, oh, they're whatever, Um, which has been interesting for people to meet me and see that those things are not in fact true at least to me um and I am a product of here (laughs) so uh and it's also really interesting to me too even the confederate flag piece like having some of the things that I've heard people say or do that and these are people that I love very much that could be considered hurtful or offensive to certain groups um it's very very easy for people who are from off to look at that and be like, they're bigots, they're hateful, they're mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I'm like, no, I, I know them, and I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just they are products of what they've heard and seen, just like everybody else. Um, and so I think that's another major purpose that I have for this mm-hmm. um, is education and growth for everyone who chooses to listen um, to know that, you know, if the Confederate flag means something to you and it means something to someone else and that could be hurtful to someone else, um, how could we approach that issue in a way that's not about ourselves Mm -hmm. but is about others and still retains all of the things that are positive that we think that that Confederate flag represents, like heritage or whatever. Um, So that's one of my goals with all of this Mm -hmm. too. Uh, And I love that you talk so much about preserving land. Um, I think that's something that would resonate with so many people who may not think that they have many things in common with you, um, but like people I know who are hunters, and it's very much um, a huge part of why they do it is for land preservation and respecting um, where their food comes from and wanting to know where their food comes from. And I hear so many of those sentiments and what you're talking Mm -hmm. about too. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, a lot of people may not put you next to some guy fully dressed in camo and, you know, like smoking a cig on his way to opening day of deer season, <laughs> like rifle season, which was yesterday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they might not put you guys side by side and be like, man, these two have a lot in common. But you really mm-hmm. do, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of things in common. I, you know, I had this um, problem with deer um, and other and bear actually in August of last year or July it was you know, a lot of destruction of some of my uh, berry crops and um, and apple trees. And so I got this um, property deprivation permit for early hunting. And I, and I asked uh, someone who uh, is a hunter, and I know that every, he's very um, respectful and he uses all the, uh, all the animal and makes, um, jerky and you know all kinds of 
cuts of meat. There's no waste. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him if he wanted to be designated as that. And so he came up with his son and, and, uh, or even, you know, when he could come after work. And we do not share the same political uh, views. But uh, there is this wonderful um, back and forth about, and, and sometimes it gets a little heated, but we can talk and we can understand, and and there's a lot of respect <coughs> because um, <coughs> because we know how each other lives. And uh, so I was able to help him actually bring a, an animal out um, at the end of the day, and it was so much fun to be part of <laughs> dragging this animal uphill, you know, uh, and I had my muck boots on and through the woods, and it was dark, and so it was an adventure. <laughs> it, you know, it was just this wonderful yeah. adrenaline yeah. rush mm -hmm. to do that, and so I felt like, wow, I love this, and uh, so, but, you know, it's knowing people in in the depths of who they are and seeing that we're all a combination of so many things and and let's connect on the important mm -hmm. ways of being yeah mm. yes i love it well, i'm definitely on the fringe of of almost every <laughs> <laughs> um because um you know, because of the way I live, the way I live, and not too many people, you know, I'm I'm hoping that there will be other stewards that want to come and take over that responsibility mm -hmm. um, of caretaking that land. And, um, and I've had several people come up, you know, I've interviewed all kinds of folks. They come up and they're all enthusiastic and they share some values, at least on paper mm. and then um they see where it is and they see that it's not really connected easily to uh, the internet it's a whole different way of life um mm -hmm. even though they understand the importance of it and of course i'm on the fringe with my family i'm on the fringe with my relatives i feel like i'm kind of swimming upstream a lot of the time, trying to figure out what people, what kind of people can almost readily understand and connect with me in ways that I won't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. I'll feel more, we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. And the people that I come up with are mountain people, but maybe not, maybe not the modern mountain people. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and since I'm not, you know, since I'm not from around here, that's that's a handicap. Mm -hmm. um, the other people I think of Im almost immediately are Native people. So that's where my heart is, in preserving and caring for and um, not only the land, but the people's livelihoods and mm -hmm. culture, uh, both Appalachian culture and native culture mm -hmm. and um, so that's that's uh, both the my hope and my sadness that um, it's not readily people aren't knocking on my door to say what how can we use this land in a way that will 
will um, revive the people that were here. You mm-hmm. know, so that's basically what I'm, yeah. where I'm coming from. I want to extend the biggest thank you to Pat for joining us on this episode. I learned a whole lot, and I hope that you did too. A lot to take away and think about. We'll see you next time. Thank you.